Welcome to A Bit of Boo with Stacy and Rue, a peculiar podcast where we discuss all things paranormal, kooky, and unexplained. I'm Stacy Rourke. And I'm Rue Volley. lady how you doing good good how are you um <laughs> we talked about this briefly um right i have a story um anyone that follows me on social media will probably know that i just came back from dragon con in atlanta and i had a couple situations while i was there where i had to tote my books around for i had two different signings that i had to do and i had a big freaking suitcase, rolling suitcase full of books that I had to transport through downtown Atlanta. And um, there were some places where like the escalators weren't working that I had to carry the suitcase down the stairs. No. Yeah. And there were gentlemen that were like, do you need help with that? And you know me. Fuck that. No, ma'am. I'm (laughs) like, no, I'm four foot five. (laughs) I can do this shit. And I, I like literally the thought that went through my head is, bitch, you work out every day. You lift heavy shit for working out every day. Get the get the suitcase down the stairs. So I was like, no, thanks. I got it. And I heaved it down the stairs and I'm pushing this thing all over the place and putting my body through it, putting it right. through it. And, right. you know, the entire time I was like implementing the same thoughts that go through my head when I'm working out. Keep your to- your core tight squeeze your butt, you know, protect your spine, like all that shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking all of this as I'm holding, like carrying this heavy ass thing around. Right. Right. So I got through it and I was fine. And my body held up. My body was like, okay, all right. I see how we do. And then I came home and two days ago I was weeding my flower bed. Mm. I was squatting down. I was, I was squatting. I dropped it low, Rue. I dropped it low. <laughs> And I reached. That's all I did. I dropped it low and I reached. And my spinal column went, you remember all that shit you put me through? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. And like, I felt a pain that instantly made me nauseous. And like, I couldn't stand up for a second. I was legit stuck. So my husband was inside talking to one of our neighbors, showing him one of the light fixtures he made. And I'm in the front yard like, oh, my God. I'm stuck here. I can't get up. So you are in a power squat. <laughs> I was in a power squat and stuck. And just <laughs> stuck. Okay. Yeah. That- so I had to like, <laughs> like push myself up. And then like, it took the breath from my lungs because it hurts so bad. 
And I'm like, they came out of the house and I'm like bending down, touching my toes. And I didn't even stand up because I'm like, I can't. So they thought I was in the middle of like some sort of like deep stretch. And I'm like, no, I'm fucking stuck. No, it's like, this is not, this is not downward dog. Okay. Like, (laughs) I'm a literal. So I like smiled to my neighbor. I was nice to her. And, you know, Nancy, I love you. If she's listening, (laughs) she laughed. And I looked at my husband and I was like, I fucked up my back. <laughs> oh, no. So, okay, wait. Did you have a whole ass conversation with your neighbor in a power squat? <laughs> I wasn't in a power squat anymore, but I was like bent over touching my toes. Because as long as I wasn't standing straight up, I was okay. So we're having a conversation and she thought I was just in the middle of like a fucking stretch. That's what she thought. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> You're lying. She's like, wow, she really cares about stretching and <laughs> flexibility. Oh, no, yeah. I was stuck. I was stuck. So I've spent the last two oh. days, I have a heating pad on my back right now. Mm. Um, my We have a swim spa, and I've been going out there and just letting the jets, like, beat the hell out of my back as often as possible. Right. Right. So I'm slowly getting better. I can at least move now, but it's still like, it's not a pretty gate. Like I'm shuffling like a little old lady still. So. Okay. Okay. Stacy. <laughs> Here's the thing. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are Gen X. <laughs> okay. Like, and, and I know, listen, I know <laughs> that we think we can do everything. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We literally just, we're like, give us a cracker (laughs) and one bottle of water and drop us in the middle of the forest. Like, we will make our way out, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We bought a new pad for the top of our mattress because... My husband and I are having a very hard time deciding on what type of new mattress that we want. So we bought the foam pad, like the one you sink into. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have one of those. Yes. Yes. We bought one of those and put it on the top of the bed because we're like, okay, for now, we're going to, first of all, I got into it. I was like, I don't think I can get out. (laughs) I I sunk into a groove. And I yeah. was like, I, I am stuck. I'm literally stuck. First, I was like, okay, but started sleeping like a baby. I was like, this is amazing, right? Like the first night got into it. I'm like, oh my God, took me back to a memory of being with my great grandmother. Um, we slept in her attic like during Easter every year. And she had this goose down bed that you would just sit into, like you get in it. And you would just sink into this bed. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, took me back to that. Girl, (laughs) I got up in the morning and you would have thought that somebody beat my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I had to swing my legs out of this thing, rolled onto the floor, Mm -hmm, (laughs) was just mm -hmm. like crawling across. Like, it was awful. I'm like. What have I done to myself? Yeah. So I'm used to it now. But that first night, all I had to do was sleep on that, woke up broken. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I'm surprised that you're walking at all after oh. carrying books because I know how heavy they are. 
Oh, and it was a suitcase full of, you should see me trying to get out of bed right now. It's because we have like a wrought iron headboard and I right. have to roll onto my side and grab the headboard and like physically pull myself up because I can't. Oh. It's it's pretty. It's pretty. Oh. Honestly, I think my spinal cord is just like, you remember? Do you remember what you did? Here you go. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But... Did you have fun at Dragon Con? I had a great time at Dragon Con. It was Good. so much fun. Everybody with their their cosplay just blew my mind. And I met some amazing authors. Um, oh, my God. What is her last name? Mary. Mary. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting your last name right now. Hold on. Yeah. Bancusi. Bancusi. Nice who writes for Disney was sitting next to me on a panel and it was really fun that she was talking about how to write for Disney. And I had my rise of the sea, what, which book there. And I was talking about how not to get sued by Disney. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun give oh. and take. I'm like, they yeah. want you to write about their shit. <laughs> right. They have not asked me to do that. <laughs> Disney. Yeah. They, that company is not playing around. They'll come and take no. your house, <laughs> yeah. your car, so, your kids. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not I, kidding. I actually had um, a nasty review on Rise of the Sea Witch where somebody said that the book started off good, but because I changed the name of the characters, um, Fletzum and Jetsum, her eels, yeah, so that pulled her completely out of the story. I'm like, bitch, I'm not trying to get sued. First of all, they're right. not eels in my book. They're sharks. They have right. completely different names and a completely different story. I'm not trying to get sued. <laughs> right. You could give me I a mean, bad review all you want. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, if somebody wants something like that, then just go read fan fiction. You know, that yeah. straight up, like, uses the characters and stuff because they're not selling it. But I think sometimes people don't understand that when we do retellings of stuff, we yeah. have to do certain changes unless it's a story that's so old that yes. the copyright is not going to be an issue, especially with Disney. Disney yeah. is very hardcore. They, they protect their, their, you know, their interests, their business interests. And I totally understand that. I also appreciate all of the retellings that yeah. authors do with it. And Rise of the Sea Witch is an amazing book. Everybody Thank should you. read it anyway. But I understand where you're coming from because you have to be careful with that shit. So very much so. I'm I'm not trying to get sued by Disney. I love Disney. I I right. respect them and I Girl, I know you love Disney. You're there like every other fucking day. <laughs> I know. I know. I haven't been in a you... couple weeks and I'm getting a twitch. <laughs> Well, you need to calm down. Let your back come, like, bounce back from no. Dragon Con. And then Can you imagine me trying to walk through a theme park right now? I would legit no. need a walker. Yeah, you'd be hobbling. You'd be like, I'm going anyway. I don't care. Oh, my God. Um, uh, I'm a fucking any, mess. Anything else going on other than you falling apart? And No, that's pretty much it. I know you have a big thing. You just finished um, self-edits on your latest book. Oh, my God. That book tried to kill me. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Like, I've, you know how long I've been in publishing. Yeah. Almost 20 years now, which is crazy. Yeah. Just makes me tired thinking about it. Like, I've written, <laughs> I've written over 100 books in my career. 
they're not all novels, so nobody come yeah. after me. Like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of them were short stories that were put into anthologies and, you know, stuff like that. But it counts. It still counts. That's right. Um, but yeah, I have never written anything that was harder than fantasy. I have never been challenged harder in my career than with this fantasy book, this fantasy series that I've created, because there are so many moving parts to it. I'm literally writing five fucking books in one. And man, I'm going to tell you something. If anything made it through that people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. Listen, it wanted to live. Let it fucking live. It wants to be there. <laughs> just let it I be just there. I can't, man. Just, I can't do any more than what I did. Um, I <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. I this and I don't know if you're this way, but uh, and some people, you know, people that are not in publishing or writing books, they they probably don't understand the process. But the thing is, is that when you when you write professionally, <laughs> which is what you and I do, yeah. you have you write the draft. The draft is not what goes to people. No. <laughs> okay, that's, we don't that's let another just, human being see that. No, that's, we don't. No. We don't even like reading the draft. We're like, holy shit! Like I suck, right? So, <laughs> yeah. what was I even trying to say? Right? Like, how drunk was I <laughs> when I wrote this shit? Um, but you write the draft and then you de I don't know about you, but I decompress. I, yeah. I decompress for a little while so that I can get away from the story, take a breath. And then when I go back into it, I have fresh eyes. Yeah, I you make myself take at least just, a week. I have to take yeah, at least a week before I, I'll even look at it again. Yes. So I decompressed. I went back into it. It really wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as some of my shit has been before. I know <laughs> okay, that feeling. So I know that feeling. I, some of it is such a hot mess. I'm like, why did they let me do this? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, why? Who is not, like, who do I talk to about stopping me? <laughs> like, can I fire do myself? Is yes, that a thing like, I can do? Like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, so it wasn't so bad. But I had also been working on it for a while. Um, obviously, I couldn't just shit this book out because it's a fantasy book and it's got five different kingdoms in it um and we have five different sets of characters that are interwoven um so anyway i'm not going to give away anything but i open it up and i'm i'm going through it and the first chapter (laughs) i end up rewriting the beginning of it because i had this tiny little idea and i was like oh the book would be so much better if it started with that mm-hmm. and it went from there. 27 hours later. Oh, shit. The fucking content edit was done. Now, I'm going to tell you what happened at, like, first of all, I don't remember <laughs> what happened <laughs> from the time that I rewrote that first paragraph. To the end line. Like, I don't understand the in-between because by the end of it, I stunk. (laughs) Like, I (laughs) reeked. My hair was standing on end. Um, I was starving because Uh I I wasn't eating correctly. Um, I had very little sleep. (laughs) 
I'm in like, the situation, and I feel like if you're like me, your skin was kind of oily and yet dry. Yeah. And- oh, yeah. I don't know how that happens, like how you can be both, but yes, that, that yeah. is exactly. My skin is oily, but oily. my lips are dry. What the fuck yeah. happened? I, everything tasted weird. Like my, yeah. <laughs> my throat was dry. Um, yeah. So anyway, 27 hours later, and this wasn't the first time I had gone through this book. I mean, it, you know, as you do it, you kind of do rounds like on these chapters and stuff. This was the first time I went from beginning to end. Like I had to keep going. But my process is because I have so many ideas that that pop up, like these little tiny Easter eggs that happen in the books that I scare myself because I'm like, did I say this shit? Like four chapters ago am I repeating myself and that's one of the reasons you do you do the content edit so that you can catch all this crazy shit that you might have done already because it's not an Um, easter egg if you say it 20 times right it's like oh my god and I did catch that a couple of times I was like shit like like you already fucking know that why are you acting like like this character's like oh I didn't know that I'm like bitch you found that out like 100 pages yes you did you knew that oh my god we were all there we saw it (laughs) happen right But yeah, so, you know, that 27 hour stretch, the thing is, is that my process when I'm doing the content edit is I can't really stop. I can take little breaks to pee (laughs) and breathe. I go outside and walk around in my yard in my pajamas. It's insane. (laughs) There are insane things that happen when I'm writing. I'm I'm glad you said your pajamas, though, because I have to tell you, you and I have been friends for so long that I had this visual of you like in an oversized shirt and your underwear and slippers just doing laps in your backyard. That's exactly what it was. My bunny slippers. Like, I had those on. Like, it's insane. Um, <laughs> so, and the neighbors are like, pretend you don't see her. <laughs> right. I know. They're like, oh, God, she's finishing a book. Just leave her Leave her alone. Let her finish. <laughs> she's don't, fine. Don't talk to her. It's like um, a sleepwalker. You don't wake her up. Yeah. Don't touch me. Um, but my process is, is I have to do that content edit pretty much straight through. Or shit will get mixed up and lost in a book like that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more hardcore. Um, not saying that other books are not hard to write. Obviously, it is not an easy process. And my hat's off to anybody that can do it. Because it, it is not easy. But fantasy is a fucking beast. And yeah. I am so glad that I challenged myself with it. But I can't tell you how happy I am that I'm not going to write a fucking word until January of next year. <laughs> like, I need a break yeah. so badly. I want to get through this holiday season without messing with any of this shit. I'm like, nope, I, love I am done <laughs> for the year. So anyway, sorry, I just heard something. <laughs> I heard something and I was like, shit like i was making sure that nothing i know i was like i'm making sure that nothing happened um but anyway yes so that's what i i did this weekend i handed it off to my editor thank god on sunday um and i should have it back within five to seven days um perfect i yeah because it it is very clean i don't think it if like i said if there's something in it or even a typo it wants to live 
Leave it the fuck alone. Let it live. It's earned its place in that book. (laughs) I can tell you, speaking of typos, you know, I'm I'm recording all of my books that aren't in audio into audio myself right now. Yeah. And I was reading, I was doing the audio narration for Fate Worse Than Death, Octavia Hollow's volume two. And there's a line that is supposed to say it was like an LSD nightmare. So I'm reading along and it's supposed to say LSD nightmare, but it says in the print copy an LCD nightmare. Oh <laughs> my I god. Burst out laughing. I was like, that's that that's is much, fantastic. It's a much tamer nightmare. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. So that yeah, I have amazing. to go back and fix that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I've uh, uh I've seen some crazy shit in my books. I don't even know. Like, I'm like, man, you know, I was reading through that book and I was like, did I really just say that shit? Like, that's crazy. (laughs) What I, what really, like, when I know that my mind has basically been broken by something is when I read a paragraph and the character's name is in it like 20 times. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) What's their name again? (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, is this particular book is in it's also because I hate myself (laughs) it's also in third person which I have never written in before so that alone about broke me so I have to find different ways to talk about these you know like to mention the characters and I keep coming up with different shit, like the angry witch, you know, like I'm yeah. like, how the fuck else can I say this without <laughs> using her name like 40 times? So I know my editor, who is amazing, will go through it and she will do her magic. And, it, you know, whatever places I literally fell asleep on the screen, she will fix it and everything will be fine. So, yeah. 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 And there's always those lines that you get back from your editor. And I just had it with um, Jaws or Death's Door, where my editor Mm -hmm. was like, I have no idea what you were trying to say in this sentence. And I looked at it and I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I was trying to say. Let's just delete it. I don't know what the hell I was going for. Yeah, there there were sentences that I wrote that I was like, who are you? Who who are you? What? I want who hurt you? Like what? <laughs> let's let's get to the core of it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So I anyway, I'm on the other side of it, and now I can finish up um, because, like you, I do my special book boxes for my yep. readers, and this one, each one of these has a handmade mask in it that I nice. make. Um, yeah, and it. Thank you. I, I love these masks. They're great. Like one of the characters actually, they there's a set of characters that wear these masks um, for for another reason. You're going to have to go on Amazon and buy The Heir of Shadow and Stone if you want to know what I'm talking about. But anyway, in the book should. box. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there was, there was um, a silver mask in the first one. There's going to be a red mask in this one. And then there'll be another color in the next one. And each box also gets a handmade dragon egg, which Aww. I make. That's a different color. So the first one was match that mask. This one is a red egg. And then we'll have a different color for the third one. So, but anyway, 
that's what I've been doing. <laughs> and I need to just finish up, you know, the, I love doing the boxes. I think yeah, you're the so same way. Yeah. It just feels like such a release to get that creativity out after you have the book done. So I'm super excited <laughs> like, yes. to get, and people get that so I'm at that part. Them, and I love that. Yes. That we're like hand making this stuff and helping yes. to create more of in, um, it makes the, the, the book come alive because there's elements of it that you can hold in your hand and you can touch. Absolutely. That. And that, that's the thing. Like you do the same thing I do. Like I just don't, I don't grab a bunch of stuff and toss it together to put into these books bo- no. book boxes. Mm-hmm. Everything that's in the book box actually has a place within the story. Yes. Um, so they're getting tangible items as they read this book. They actually have tangible items like that they can't get anywhere else because nope. this is like a special swag item that came in a book in a box, you know, from me. So I'm very proud of that. And I've, I've received your boxes too. And I love what you do. And I, I just, it's such an awesome part of the job, you know, yeah, like is. being it's, able to like do that part of it. And it's very therapeutic because it allows us to, as authors, and I know we have to get to the actual topic here in a minute, but. Um, oh, no, you're fine. Um, during the creative process of writing, our brains have to be on constantly. And when we're making the items for our book boxes, you're kind of going by muscle memory of, you know, once you get in the pattern of making it, you can kind of turn your brain off a little bit, just go and just create. And it's, it's therapeutic. And you're our, I don't know about you, but my mind appreciates those breaks. Oh, I love it. I love it. Like when I'll be making these, um, these dragon eggs are pretty meticulous. Yeah. (laughs) But I love making them like it's such a good feeling, like getting each of them done. And I do have a few done already because obviously I can't be that far behind because once this gets uploaded, I'm going to order the prints so that they can get in. I can get these boxes out to people that have been waiting. This book had a little bit of a delay on it um, just because I had so much going on in my life and because uh, writing this particular genre is a it kicks my ass. but yeah, so anyway, I am super excited that I'm at that part and I'm that so happy I can start making it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm super excited. I, I can't wait for people to read it. I'm so proud of how this story has gone. And I love all the characters that are in it, um, villain, hero, or not. Um, and I just can't wait to release more of it next year because this isn't the end of the series. So there'll be more books, but... This will be it for this year, other yeah. than a couple of surprises, one of which you and I have that we'll we be doing do. together. Yes. Um, so it won't be the only thing that's available this year from me. Like, it won't be the last thing available, but it's definitely the last thing that I'll be writing this year. Yes. So, yes. but anyway, today I get to host and I've got my topic. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are we talking Yay! about? The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited. Uh, I love this series on Netflix. We have yes. the book. My daughter has been holding it hostage, so I haven't been able to read it, but I want to, and I'm very much for this. Well, I thought today um, what I would talk about, because the first thing I wanted to talk about was the creator of the original, The Haunting of Hill House, which is Shirley Jackson. Um, okay. And I have the book. There it right is. There. So pretty. Yes. I love it. Is this the one you have with this no. cover? Mine has 
I think you're like, no, no. (laughs) I think mine has either it's either a statue of a girl or a ghostly girl on the front. One or the okay. Well, this one, this one I grabbed off of um, Amazon. I've had it for a while. Um, Yeah, yeah, the one that we have, we've gotten within the last year. So yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah. Well, for anybody that hasn't read the book, I would definitely suggest that you do. Um, It is a masterpiece. It um, is one of the best horror books that I've ever read. And um, it's very much worth getting. And it's cheap. Like, it's not even that much money. I think I paid. (coughs) Sorry. I think I paid, like, maybe $10.99 for it. That's not bad at all. Nothing at all. Yeah. Um, But, yes, like I was saying, the book was written by Shirley Jackson, and it was published by Penguin in 1959, which is crazy. Yes, that was when the book originally came out. So I wanted to mention that because when you're reading it, it's obvious that it's not – how we talk today. <laughs> okay. Okay. Today. It's also impressive to me that this is a book that was released in 1959 and it just came to Netflix within like the last, what, four or five years? Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, to think that, and I, is the author still alive? Do you happen to know? Um, do you want to look it up real quick? Yeah. Let's, what's her name? Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. What happened to Shirley Jackson? In 1965, Jackson died in her sleep at her home in North Bennington at the age of 48. Her oh! It was attributed to a coronary occlusion due to cardiac arrest. So, all of the things that have happened with her book, and she didn't get to see it. That's freaking hard. Shit. Well, that sucks. All right. Well. <laughs> Oh, it's a real fucking bummer, Stace. Thanks for That's bringing that up. That's a bummer. Thanks, Stacey. Okay, well, I'm just going to jump into it then. I have um, a little fucking ray of sunshine when my back hurts. Oh, my God. Turn up the heating pad, bitch. Okay. Um, She's dead. They're all dead. Everyone's dead. Well, that's so sad that she died at 48. Like that, that's just ridiculous. But she did leave behind um, quite a, she left behind more than just this book. And I, I would suggest that anybody who enjoys, you know, excellent storytelling would just like check her out, but definitely by the haunting of Hill house, because it's a masterpiece. It really is. Um, and it's it's been hailed as a perfect work of unnerving terror. I love <laughs> like, that. Stephen King, actually, this is one of his all-time favorite books. He said this book scared the shit out of him. Oh, I love that. Now Which I is have crazy. to go read it. Because if, if you it scares think Stephen about, King. Right, right. And um, this book is only 182 pages long. Really? Look at it. Wow. That's 182 surprising. pages long. You know, but what that proves is that a book does not have to be a monster to mm-hmm. be great. Yeah. Because and you know what? There's impactful. so many people that say that now that are like, and I, I don't know if you've got, well, if you write longer books. I write some novellas. I write more novellas than you do. Let's just put it that way. But I've had some people that are like, why would I pay $2.99 for a novella? I expect my books to be longer. It doesn't, it's not not the size that matters it's right how you use it. exactly because if you don't know how to use it then get off of me 
like, God. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be a dick joke, but here we are. It turned into a dick joke. It's a 182-page dick joke. That's a big right. dick. <laughs> right? Um, okay, so... For the people that don't know, now I, I'm not assuming that people have not wor- watched um, the Netflix series because it's it's amazing. Okay, yes, and yes. if you haven't, definitely take the time to do it. The very first one rocked my world. Oh okay. my gosh, so good! I thought it was amazing the way they filmed it, the feeling, the music, the casting, the editing, gorgeous. From beginning yes. to end, like riveting. Like I was, I was so excited to binge that, and I just, I didn't want to see it, but I couldn't look away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was one of those. Like I was like, I don't want them to scare me. I know it's coming, but I can't stop myself. So, <laughs> yeah, well, turn all the lights nuts. on. <laughs> yes, it was so nuts. But yes, so the story follows four seekers who have arrived at a rambling old pile known as Hill House. Dr. Montague, an occult scholar looking for solid evidence of psychic phenomena. Theodora, his lovely and lighthearted assistant. Luke, the adventurous future inheritor of the estate. And Eleanor, a friendless, fragile young woman with a dark past. As they begin to cope with chilling, even horrifying occurrences beyond their control or understanding, they cannot possibly know what lies ahead, for Hill House is gathering its powers, and soon it will choose one of them to make its own. So, I, one of the things I wanted to do, it's crazy too, like, you see that? All of that is the intro. You have to go... (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, like it's pages of intro, which is totally fine. It's actually an interview that she did, like talking about um, the book, which I'm really glad that that she was able to experience, you know, joy from writing this because it really would have sucked now that we know that she died at 48 if, um, you know, she wouldn't have gotten any... anything from the story that would have fucking sucked but you know you and I are I I don't know if you do this but when I'm looking at books I read the first paragraph like just to see like how it hits me um and I just wanted to read the first paragraph from this book because it is fucking masterful I love it and I also want to give a shout out to Katie Dids because it is probably one of the only words in the English language that doesn't give a fuck. And it's like, I'm K-A-T-Y-D-I-D-S and you call me Katie Dids. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. Um, okay, so here's the first paragraph. It's very short. Uh, no live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and Katie Dids are supposed by some to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood so for 80 years and might stand for 80 more. Within, walls continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and whatever walked there walked alone. Oh, that's beautiful. 
Isn't that beautiful? I just, I just, I had to give that, I had to read it today because I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's so beautiful. Um, But you're right. Like, there's been a lot of books that I've cracked it open and you can, you can wrap me in or lose me within the first three paragraphs. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was riveted from the beginning. Like, I started reading that and I was like, oh, shit. Like, and next thing you know, you're 50 pages in. And to me, that is a great story because I write to take people out of the bullshit that they're dealing with. I yeah. don't write to give them more bullshit and stress. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I want to suck them into my world and, and, and give them a relief, you know, because you want to start reading a book and then be like, holy shit, like, is it? eight o'clock already. Yeah, exactly. That you've been in this other world where anything's possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Shirley Jackson was actually inspired to write this novel after reading about a group of psychic researchers who spent time in a house believed to be haunted. In an essay, Jackson explained that she was less interested in the investigation itself and more intrigued by what could be learned about the people conducting the investigation, which I thought was a really cool that take is. that she did that. Um, and so this book is character driven. Um, and that is what all of Jackson's stories are. They are character driven. And the cool thing about the haunting of Hill house is the house itself is one of the main characters, I <laughs> which love that. I think that is fucking incredible. Um, now if you've seen the Netflix series, which, you know, I know you have, um, and read the book, you will realize that they are quite different. Um, there are similarities, but they, they do differ. Mike Flanagan, uh, did the Netflix series in 2018. Can you believe that? It was 2018 when that came out. Yeah, I know. Time is wicked. Um, but anyway, his horror series centers around the Crane family in yes. in the Netflix series, which is Hugh and Olivia Crane and their five children, Stephen, Shirley, who was created after it was an homage to Shirley Jackson. That's the reason Aww, that name is in there. Um, I love that. I know. Theodora, Luke, and Eleanor. And what happens is the family moves into the Hill House with the, the intention of renovating it and later selling it. But the longer they stay, the more every member of the family begins to experience paranormal events. Um, When tragedy strikes, the family moves away, but the house never stops haunting them, which I love that. I love the fact that the house never left them alone, even though they all scattered to the wind. That yeah. that is terrifying. It, it attached um, to them. In yeah, some ways. I know. Um, so twenty six years later, each of them has to return in one way or another. And then um, I wanted to pull this up. I I want to talk about like each one of the characters a little bit because I want to show the uh, the juxtaposition between them and like the Netflix series and the book, just yeah, to kind of give you the idea. Um, Hugh Crane is the patriarch of the Crane family, obviously. Um, while this character is completely different from any character in the book, his name is a nod to the source material. In Shirley Jackson's novel, Hill House was built in the late 19th century by an eccentric architect named Hugh Crane. Okay. So 
that's where the name came from, which I thought was really cool. Um, was similar- he, a, he was an architect in the, the TV show too, right? Yeah. He was okay. the one that built, yeah, he built it. Yeah. Um, Similar uh, similar to his namesake, the Hugh Crane of the show plans on working on the house and then flipping it for a profit. Okay. So in that way, he is also connected to the building of the property or the rebuilding in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia Crane is the matriarch of the Crane family. That's his wife. And like her husband, she designs houses. So she's an architect. There you go. She's the architect. Um, there you yes. Go. Yeah. Well, What's Olivia- the name of the actress that plays her? Oh, I don't know, but she is she's, phenomenal. And so she's good. Gorgeous. Oh, oh my God. she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but while Olivia doesn't have a direct counterpart in the novel, her storyline is similar to that of Eleanor's that in the book. Um, of everyone staying at Hill House, she is the most affected by the ghost. Ultimately, when everyone else leaves the house, Olivia remains. She's the only one that cannot leave. Like she's so drawn to the house like the house has basically claimed her yeah, as that, its own yeah. it's really sad um and creepy as fuck <laughs> so yeah. um Stephen crane is the eldest of the crane children as an adult he is the one who writes down the events of hill house as if they were fiction so he wrote the book in the netflix series he wrote the book and his family is pissed that he did that um yes because he's skeptical that the hauntings were real. So, you know, he's basically like writing that book. He's actually mocking them in a way, not just them, but the house, you know? Yes. So anything that happens to him, I think he kind of earned it yeah. <laughs> in that way. Um, but uh, his character makes sense for the story. Stephen serves as an outsider observing and analyzing the events that happened to his family. Fans of the show have speculated that Stephen's name may be a nod to Stephen King, who <gasps> is an avid enthusiast of Shirley Jackson's, Jackson's work. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, so it makes whether that's sense. true or not, I'm choosing to believe that because yeah, I love I it. love that too. I think it's incredible. I also wonder if um King's love for this story played into, I know the Winchester Mansion played into it, but I wonder if this and the mm-hmm. Winchester Mansion kind of played into his Road, Rose Red series at all, because there's some similarities. Probably. There. Yeah. Have you seen his new book, Holly? I haven't yet. I'm going to buy it because I just watched an interview with him talking about it. She was a side character like in, in Mr. Mercedes. Okay. And he said that he fell in love with her in that book and she just wouldn't stop t- talking to him, which I can totally understand as a writer mm-hmm. because we are insane in that way. <laughs> so, That's true. Yeah. So she became a main character and he's like, this is Holly's book. I love that. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. So Shirley Crane is the eldest daughter. Her name is undeniably a nod to Shirley Jackson herself. Um, and... Shirley grows up to have a funeral home, (laughs) which she runs with her husband, Kevin, and they have two children, a son and a daughter. Um, For anybody that hasn't watched the Netflix series, the shit that happens in that funeral home is terrifying. Oh my God. Oh my God. Absolutely fucking terrifying. I don't think I've ever been more nervous (laughs) looking at anything. The shit that happened there, I'm like, oh no. And you know, the... One of the things that was so amazing, and you and I are both avid lovers of movies, television, all that shit. Yes, um, yes. 
And we write our books in that way. Like we hope that our readers can actually visualize this, this stuff. Like it's, you know, on the screen. Yes. The way... we hope someday it will be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we know <laughs> it will, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It won't be after we're dead. Like what happened with Shirley. No, oh my God. No, don't say that. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. No, I, I'm selfish. I want to see my shit <laughs> myself. Like, I don't want to see it. I, I see will it. haunt a theater. Do not yeah. think I won't. <laughs> but no, one of the things that I thought was so interesting with what they did with that series um, on Netflix is uh, it was the ambiance. It was the feeling, the feeling with the music. Um, yes. It's almost like Hans Zimmer. Like he is an amazing musician and he did the music for Dune. And Dune just like makes you feel uncomfortable and like you're in a different, you know, like you're really out of your element, like the entire time you're watching it. And I have always respected him and loved him as a musician. And I felt the same, the way his music makes me feel when I watch movies with his, his soundtrack is the way that Netflix series made me feel with every single scene. Nothing was wasted. No character was wasted. No line was spoken without a reason. And I can't, I can't say enough about it. Like it just, yeah, it's no, absolutely I amazing. I agree. It yeah. And, but the funeral home. Oh my God. Whew. Oh, woo. Um, <laughs> that yeah. was intense. So intense. Okay. So another character was Theodora uh, Crane, who they called Theo. Um, Which, by Theo- the way, the name Theodora, I love. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to pick a name, Theodora, Beatrix, is another one that's really awesome. Um, yes. There are just some names that are just beyond cool. Yes. Like you can, you can put them in any century and you're like, yeah, I like <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Theo Crane is the middle child in the Crane family. She is clearly a nod to the character in the novel. Um, Theodora, though Jackson doesn't give her a last name, which I thought was interesting. Shirley yeah. Jackson never gave her a last name. And I would, I, you know, not just for her, but I wish that we had those answers from her because I think that is clearly there's a reason yeah. that she did that. Um, so uh, she didn't give her a name in the novel. It is hinted that Theodora is a lesbian in the Netflix series. Theo is bisexual. Um, Jackson's original Theodora is an artist and television's Theodora has a different gift. She is a child psychologist with extreme ESP abilities. Um, When Theo touches people with her bare hands, she experiences psychic knowledge of them, grasping their feelings and their experiences, which just sucks. Like (laughs) I wouldn't want to do that. Like I know I just a little girl and spoilers to anybody that hasn't seen it. But when she does the home check and yeah. the little girl has that thing about the, the smiling face and she figures out what it is, that oh, broke no. my fucking heart. Absolutely. Was and it was exactly chilling. Oh, shit. So fucked up. Like, there, there are so many great moments in that. that like, that they should have, and I know they won't get it because it's not how you get it because it's not a movie, but there should be Oscars for yes. that series because it is incredible. All those tiny little moments, yes. just unbelievable. Um, You could tell that the writers cared about the material. 
Yes. They cared about what was happening. And I, I have so much respect for that. Um, okay. So then we have Luke Crane. Uh, Luke is one of the twins and the youngest son in the Crane family. Uh, he struggles with addiction, turning to drugs to deal with the memories of what he experienced at Hill House. Luke's name is taken from the character Luke Sanderson in the novel. But aside from a shared name, the two Lukes have very little in common. Jackson's Luke is a greedy and generally unsympathetic character who cares only about money and only about the money that Hill House can bring him. So he's wanting to sell it. Uh, The show's Luke, while not without his flaws, is a sympathetic character who's trying to be a good person and be there for his family. And the thing about that is you always have somebody that has that major weakness and addicts are always targeted because they they're already weakened and they're struggling and so you knew shit was going to happen with him you know yeah. like you knew that the house was going to be like oh yeah you um <laughs> you'll be fun yeah. to play with <laughs> right and then we have Eleanor Crane oh no. Eleanor Eleanor yeah. Nellie. I know. I'm going to cry all over again. (laughs) I know. Eleanor is the second twin and the youngest daughter of the Crane family. Like her namesake in the novel, Eleanor Vance, she is one of the people most deeply affected by the hauntings at Hill House. As a child, she was repeatedly haunted by a spirit she refers to as the bent neck lady. People, watch the series. That shit is terrifying. Um. Years later, it's so heartbreaking. Oh, I know. And years later, when Nell is an adult, the bent neck lady returns to haunt her. In the television series, Nell Crane becomes Eleanor Vance when she marries Arthur Vance. Um, and then there are other side characters, but those—that's the family. And I wanted to uh, to share them because I—I'm not going to give any spoilers away. But man, that bent neck lady, like that shit, messed me up. I was like, "Are oh. you dead serious right now?" Um, and it breaks your heart. Like seriously, it brings tears to my eyes just remembering oh, that whole thing. My God, it's so heartbreaking. Yes, and. <sighs> The thing, okay, the thing about the series is I was so enthralled with the characters and what was happening that I did not notice all the damn ghosts that were placed in that (laughs) series. So I went back and watched it. It's like fucking Pokemon, like finding those ghosts. And the thing is, is it's terrifying because when you're watching it, if you look past the characters, you will see some of the craziest, creepiest shit. And I'm like, why did I see that when <laughs> I was watching it before? Um, but yeah, some fans who are purists of the book, which is totally understandable, they didn't appreciate the Netflix series because it wasn't spot on with the book. But quite honestly, I think it was a great nod. I think yeah. that, you know, sometimes... Um, it's okay to be inspired by something and put your own spin on it and still properly pay homage to the original creator. Exactly. And I understand that there are people that are like, man, if you were going to do that, I wish you would have done it like exactly the way it was in the book. But, you know, it didn't happen that way. And I thought they did a killer job. Like you I also had I, to think it was a book that came out in 1959. They, they had to make changes to update it 
to today's time period and Absolutely. what today's audiences are looking for a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I keeping mean, the heart of the story. That's- yes. Yes. Well, I mean, the imagery that Shirley Jackson created in that book was masterful. I mean, it was absolutely masterful, but the images that they created in the Netflix series were also masterful because it was 2018 and I still feel like I watched it yesterday. Exactly. So, you know, looking at that and going, holy shit, can you believe that that was 2018? I lost my mind. I can't. I Um, actually tried to turn it on the other day. And when I watched it the first time, I did not have a cat. And now I have a cat, a little gray cat. And if you remember, there's a scene in the series with a certain little gray cat. Yeah. And that was the episode I turned on. And that started to happen. And I knew what was going to happen. And I was like, nope, not today. Yep, yep, yep. Not today with that mess. But man, I mean, kind of getting back to Shirley Jackson, like how amazing she was when she wrote this book. Um, when Eleanor Vance first encounters Hill House, it consumes her in yeah. the book um, before she even enters it. She hasn't even entered the house yet. And according like the book, how it explains it, it says the house, according to Eleanor, is vile and diseased. <laughs> oh, okay. And it looms over her enormous and dark, twisting her stomach and chilling the air around her. As Eleanor stands on the veranda of Hill House, it comes around her in a rush, enveloping her, swallowing her whole. Hill House is less of a home than a panic attack. Oh, I love that. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody (laughs) needs to read the book because it's crazy. And I can understand why Stephen King liked it. I totally yeah. understand. Speaking of Stephen King, we watched The Boogeyman this weekend. <gasps> Did you love and it? And it was awesome. Have you seen it yet? I haven't yet. Go ahead and buy it. Just buy it okay. and watch it. It's totally <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. On vo- We bought it on Voodoo for like $14.99. It was worth it. It really was. Okay. The characters are compelling. The story is tragic. The imagery is amazing. The monster almost made me shit my pants. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was great. Um, oh, yes, yeah, I definitely check it out. Especially we're getting into spooky season. So I, I need know. all the spooky season stuff. Woo! Do it. <laughs> um, but as a writer, you know, like I love the imagery that's in this book. And I love the imagery that was carried over to Hill House. Yes. And I also love the fact that someone is amazing and established as Stephen King still hails this book as one of his all-time favorites and says that it actually scared him. So I don't know what else to say about it. Like you have to read it. You have to read the book. You've got to watch the series. Um, it, it Both are absolutely 100% worth it. Um, but I only have one more thing to go through. I'm going to pull this up. Because I found this interesting, but I have some chilling facts about Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Um, The first one is Jackson, I've mentioned this before, but Jackson was inspired to write the novel after reading about a group of 19th century psychic researchers who rented a house they believed to be haunted in order to uh, study paranormal phenomena. 
The researchers studiously recorded their experiences in the house in order to present them in the form of a, 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 they wanted to present them to a society of psychic researchers. So in her, I guess, um, Jackson wrote an essay (laughs) about this shit. Um, And it's called Experience and Fiction which I'm going to have to read because <laughs> I yeah, haven't read it yet, yeah. uh, where she explained that she was most intrigued by the way the researchers revealed their own personalities and backgrounds through the study. Okay. So, that's interesting. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, she says they thought they were being terribly scientific and proving all kinds of things. And yet the story that kept coming through their dry reports was not at all the story of the haunted house. It was a story of them. I, she said, I believe they were misguided, certainly determined people with their differing motivations and backgrounds. So Which she was very yeah, driving she, to her own story. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. I just became Southern. Did you hear that there? Oh, yes. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Well, the second, uh, chilling fact about it is in 1958 Jackson was working on Hill House when she read a newspaper article about a Long Island family experiencing poltergeist activity which uh, mentioned the book Haunted People which was co-written by parapsychologist Nandor Fodor. I think I I hope I didn't ruin his name. Um, I Jackson- hope you said it exactly right because that's a fantastic. That sounds like a Star Wars name, doesn't I it? I know. I'm like, well, <laughs> Nandor Fodor. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, Jackson read the book and made use of some of the incidents in it when writing Hill House. Fodor would later serve as a consultant on the film adaptation of the novel. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I thought that was incredible. Okay, um, Jackson had a terrifying sleepwalking experience while writing The Haunting of Hill House. This is fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. So early on in the writing process of The Haunting of Hill House, Jackson awoke one morning to find something terrifying atop her writing desk. A note with the words, dead, dead. Yeah, was scrawled on it. So, yeah, and it was in her own handwriting. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Jackson, who loved ghost stories, but did not believe in ghosts. Can you believe that shit? She didn't believe in (laughs) um, Brushed the strange discovery off as sleepwalking. In Experience and Fiction, which is the the, um, essay that she wrote, she wrote that she used the strange note to motivate her, explaining, I decided that I had better write the book awake. (laughs) <laughs> which I got to work and did <laughs> like, <laughs> after finding dead, dead, like written. It. That is insane. Oh my God. She's like, well, clearly I can't <laughs> I write for shit while I'm asleep. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Death, I'll do dead. that shit awake. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Jackson made an unsettling discovery while researching haunted houses before she began writing the haunted the haunting of hill house jackson searched magazines and newspapers for photos of houses that seemed haunted during her research she stumbled upon a photo of a house in california that had a particular air of disease and decay she was Ooh. so struck by it 
She asked her mother, who lived in California, if she could find any additional information about the house. Her mother resp- her mother's response shocked Jackson. Not only was she familiar with the house, but Jackson's own great-grandfather had built it. Oh, shit! Yeah, after standing empty for many years, the house had been set on fire by people in the town. They were like, that shit is haunted, haunted. Yeah, you're going down, bitch. Like, I mean, if you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna burn a house down, there's a reason. But isn't that crazy? She saw the picture in a magazine and was drawn to it and used it as inspiration for the haunting of Hill House, not knowing that her own grandfather built the damn thing. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I don't know if you can hear the thunder that's happening in the background here, but it's really tied to this whole movie. You know, I didn't want to say anything about it because I thought somebody was breathing into the mic and I was like, let's just, if you want to hang out, let's no. do it. There's yeah. a big thunderstorm going on outside. So oh it's my very, God. That's the okay. ambiance is very creepy. Listen, it. it's awesome. Number five, there were multiple versions of the haunting of Hill House's Eleanor. Oh. In A Rather Haunted Life, Shirley Jackson biographer Ruth Franklin writes that Jackson initially struggled to decide what kind of character her protagonist, Eleanor, would be. Jackson wrote three different iterations of Eleanor. One, according to Franklin, was a spinster with swagger. (laughs) Yeah, a far cry from the introverted Eleanor of the finished novel. So that's great that she wrote three different versions of Eleanor. Um, I think we've all kind of been there, you know, like our characters come to life in different ways and they kind of morph over time. But I think it's really interesting that Eleanor was so important to her that she kept going through different changes with her until yeah. she found the right one. Um, She's like, this, this still isn't her. I haven't found her yeah, yet. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, The Haunting of Hill House is a ghost story without ghosts. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jackson often referred to the novel as a good ghost story, despite the fact that it doesn't have any overt ghosts in it. The haunt, the house is the haunting, Jackson explained yeah. in her notes from the novel. While much, uh, while much of the novel is left ambiguous, Jackson was clear, um, was clear about the connections between Hill House and her protagonist, Eleanor. Jackson clearly intended the external signs of haunting to be interpreted as manifestations of Eleanor's troubled psyche. Franklin explains in a rather haunted life. At the same time, Franklin notes the novel makes it clear that something in the house brings out the disturbance in Eleanor. So I just, yeah, I, oh my God, it's just so amazing. Um, Okay, another fact about the book is Jackson's husband was too afraid to read The Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Um, He's like, baby, you scary. I know. He's probably like, uh, whatever you want. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, I don't know no, what to I do with this. I support you. I support this. I, know, I just right? don't want to read it. <laughs> oh, my God. So Jackson's husband, Stanley Edgar Hyman, was a well-known literary critic and professor who enthusiastically read all of his wife's books, but not The Haunting of Hill House. According to Franklin, for the first time he refused to read her manuscript, he found the concept of ghosts too frightening. Okay. (laughs) So he would not read her book. I thought that was great. Um, 
Did you say his last name was Hyman? Hyman. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're going to have a moment of being emotionally 12. I know. We're like, this is the Dick and Hyman <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, the Haunting of Hill House has earned comparisons to The Turn of the Screw. Are you familiar with that? No. I've heard of it. I have not read it. Okay. Um, since its release, critics and fans have drawn comparisons between The Haunting of Hill House and the writings of everyone from Edgar Allan Poe to Hilary Mantel. But the comparison that comes up the most is the Henry James classic novella, The Turning of the Screw. In her introduction to The Haunting of Hill House, Laura Miller explains that the two novels share common themes, including a lonely and Im imaginative young woman and a big isolated house. In his 1981 book, Dance, Dance Macabre, I think it is, Stephen King writes, it seems to me that The Haunting of Hill House and James James James's The Turn of the Screw are the only two great novels of the supernatural in the last 100 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. The Haunting of Hill House was Jackson's first novel. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it was also her most popular. It was her first profitable novel. Um, Hill House was a financial and critical success. Franklin writes, for the first time, a novel of Jackson's had finally earned back its advance and was even making a profit. <laughs> wow. I was like, holy shit. Um, Jackson sold the film rights to The Haunting of Hill House for $67,500. Wow. Yeah. When Jackson sold the movie rights to the Hill House to Hill House for $67,500, which was an astronomical fee at the time, um it propelled her family into true financial stability for the first time. They used the money from the film to buy living room drapes, a player piano, and a washing machine and dryer. Oh. I know I love that. The Haunting of Hill House has been adapted a number of times. The first movie, The Haunting, was directed by Robert West and starred Julie Harris as Eleanor, Claire Bloom as Theodora, and Russ Tamblin as Luke. It debuted in 1963 to critical praise, according to Franklin Jackson, was publicly effusive, declaring herself terrified while watching the film. <laughs> privately, privately, however, she bemoaned the changes made to the plot, but said that the house, the real star of the movie anyway, was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> oh, the, house, the house played its part beautifully. Yes. Now, this one I loved. I, I remember this one and I still watch it. And at first, I really honestly didn't know and didn't make the connection until I was digging into all of this. But an adaptation of the same name starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, Lily Taylor, and Liam Neeson hit the theaters in 2009. And unlike Jackson's novel in the previous film adaptation, went heavy on the supernatural elements. Um, oh, shit. I think I've seen that movie. Yeah, and I had no idea. Um, and was I it actually called enjoyed Haunting that. Of House? It was called The Haunting. Okay. That's all it was called. Um, but yeah. So I had no idea 
that that was even like another remake, like kind of twist on it. Yeah. But it makes sense because Lily Tomlin did an excellent job and she was called to the Hill House, like, or to Hill House, which was just called The Haunting, like in that movie. Oh, um, shit. Owen Wilson was in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember I it was all the kids that. and everything. Like it was crazy. Um, yeah. The Haunting, this is my last little tidbit about it. The Haunting of Hill House has a lot, a lot of famous fans. Stephen King, Neil Gaiman, Guillermo del Toro, and Carmen Maria Machado are all huge fans. Del Toro included Hill House in a series of six classic horror novels he curated for Penguin. Maria called it the scariest novel I've ever read, and Gaiman has written that while plenty of novels have scared him, Hill House beats them all. And King, meanwhile, has written that Hill House has one of the best openings he's ever read, calling it the sort of quiet ep- epiphany every writer hopes to achieve. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But yeah, that... That is fantastic. Yes. I And, you know, it's spooky season. So yes. if you haven't seen it, you haven't watched it, um, definitely do. If you haven't picked up the book, grab it. It's not that much. It's on Amazon. But yes, I'm going to go take it Hill out House. of my child's room so I can read it. Yes. And I, I, yeah, I just need to go back and watch the first one again. Yes. I know it's not going to impact. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe it will. Maybe it will impact me the same way that it did the first time. I don't know. But did you see because there was after that one was Blythe Manor and now they have a new season coming out, um, the fall Mm -hmm. of the House of Usher. That's supposed to be like it's supposed to have Edgar Allan Poe tie-ins. Yeah. When I say I'm giddy for that. Oh Oh, my god. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And I want you know, and I watched the second season of it too. it It was good. It I didn't like good. it as much as season one, but no, no. I th- I think it was just because it was so different. Like yeah. that first one, it was like watching a scary movie for like weeks. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was. It just went on and on, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's so amazing!" But the way that the story unfolded and the tragedy with each of the characters and the truths that were unveiled, like during that, I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, and the house itself was scary as hell yes like yes and the fact they were able to make a house like freak me out like that i mean as soon as you walk into it just the way it looked like the way they pan the camera and the way that the staircase is and just that center (laughs) oh no 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 no, no. (laughs) yeah yeah so Anyway, I absolutely love this book, and you and I can talk about it more once you read it. Yes, um, and we will. We will. Yeah. So there, the, you know, there are differences, but I think they're both amazing, and I'm so glad. I wish she would have been here to be able to see it, um, yeah. because it probably would have blown her mind. You know, because you're thinking about the differences and like the way they're able to do special effects now. It, yes. She would have been like, "Oh shit." No, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it would have redeemed itself from the first one she saw that right. she was kind of disappointed in. Maybe this one right. she'd be like, "Yes, that's <laughs> that's what I had in mind." That's right there. what really messed me up. Yeah. So, yeah. well, this yeah. was great. This was a good one. Oh well, what I, a great kickoff to spooky season. Oh, I figured there was no better way 
than to just dive right into something that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I love it. I love this for us. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Now I got to find a way to, to follow suit for spooky oh. season. You will. You're going to kill it. You always kill it. Well, because we love the spooky shit, man. Hell yeah. We love the spooky shit. You got to keep <laughs> it spooky. Keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. But yes, um, I did want to tell everybody that's listening. First of all, we love you guys. Thank you so much for downloading and liking and telling your friends about it because we have been getting a shit ton of downloads and I love that. Um, But yes, we will have something very cool coming soon. Um, We'll probably announce it on our next episode because I'm just trying to get over the hump of my novel releasing. And then I will be able to go in full throttle with the surprise that Stacey and I have for you guys. But you're going to want to be in on it because it's incredible. So we will announce that on our, yes, we'll announce that on our next episode. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's all we got today. All right. All right. Now we have fucked up the closing of this podcast every damn time we've tried to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. That we just can't, you know, I just think we should just say it together. Let's just take a deep breath and we're going to meditate. Just let it do a deep squat. <laughs> no, don't. You'll never get up again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to get this shit right, <laughs> right? Okay, okay. Um, okay. So until next time, keep, keep it spooky. spooky.